Preventing suicide is one of our society's most significant challenges. That's why the Flint Hills Volunteer Center has developed this Suicide Awareness Pact podcast. Pact stands for Prevention, Awareness, Compassion, Training. The Suicide Awareness Pact podcast will feature personal stories and professional perspectives. This series is partly funded by the Kansas Department for Aging and Disabilities Services, AmeriCorps Seniors, and the Greater Manhattan Community Foundation. Our mission is to touch hearts and provide hope amidst despair. Please follow us wherever you get your podcasts and share them with those you know that are seeking help and a positive outlook. Our website and contact information are included in the show notes. Our subject on this episode of the Suicide Pack Podcast, Lori, is about celebrating recovery. And we have two guests in the studio today. And uh, one of the things that we like to do here within the podcast is tell stories because that's what resonates with our listeners. Yes, and, and I, I'm delighted to have Mick Tiener and a guest here today. Um, Mick is with Celebrate Recovery, and um, I'm, I'm kind of getting a little bit more familiar with uh, what they do, but uh, he'll, he'll be a great resource. So, Mick, welcome, and uh, we'll have you tell us a little bit, what is Celebrate Recovery? Hey, thank you. Uh, Celebrate Recovery is a ministry, and it's, been, it's a ministry that's been around since 1991, so it's been around quite a while. And uh, you'll see worldwide. It's also a worldwide ministry, and it's it's you know it's been here that long. But there's like thirty eight thousand celebrate recoveries. That's a lot. I think you counted all the people there. Probably eight million people, roughly, have you know been through or been a part or currently are a part of Celebrate Recovery, as far as you know globally. Um, one of the biggest things about Celebrate Recovery, a lot of times people hear the R word, they hear recovery, and they think automatically it has to be something, uh, you know, the only people that can come there is someone has maybe a, an alcohol problem well, or, or a drug problem, typically. Well, the truth be known, out of all the years and all the numbers, the 8 million people, all the folks that have been through Celebrate Recovery, Celebrate Recovery is a ministry totally about developing and having a relationship with Christ and working on life's pains. And so one of the things you'll see with that is honestly, 80% of the people that go to Celebrate Recovery, and I think in our case here locally, 90% don't have a drug or alcohol problem. They'll have a problem with a relationship. They'll have a problem with forming and keeping relationships. They'll have a problem with depression and anxiety. There'll be a lot of people that have probably had some, you know, suicidal ideations, if not, you know, made some attempts. Uh, We'll have a whole wide array of folks with some, you know, significant issues in their life, but all because of the pains we're dealing with in life. And that's a place we can go to learn how to have a better relationship with Christ and at the same time to learn how to, you know, here's how we deal with these pains. And I will tell you that that's a process. You know, that's a tough thing for society today because we want this fixed yesterday. And generally, nothing really works that way because what happens is, uh, you know, it's a process. It's going to take it's going to take some moments. It's going to take some time to be able to better that relationship with Christ and deal with your pain. What you'll find is people are there for a while. You know, people are there for a year. People are there for two years. They aren't the same person that came. They're in a different headspace. They have that better relationship with Christ. And consequently, they have better relationships all around because of that. You'll see all their other relationships improving and doing better. And they're dealing with the pains in life. Or they're, they're not letting those things stay with them. They're not, they're not carrying that around like baggage all the time. So I think that, I don't know if that helps you for yeah, definition-wise. I, I think that's really important because um, 
you know, I, I think we tend to kind of want to hole up in our own space and grieve in our own way. And and everybody that, you know, like for those of us mothers who've lost a, a child, mothers and fathers, but I'm speaking from a mother, um, we tend to grieve a little bit. Everybody grieves differently and in their way. Like how I grieved after losing my son was different than how my friend grieved after losing her daughter, you know? And so um, that's the part to understand is to be compassionate about that person and, and what they're going through and how you can help them. So, How did Celebrate Recovery begin? Uh, honestly, it, it started when uh, Dr. John Baker, and that was at Saddleback Church with uh, Pastor Rick Warren. And actually, John Baker, I think, was having, he was struggling with alcohol at the time. And he had went to um, went to AA meetings, and he didn't like them because and and AA. By the way, I will straight up tell you that AA is a great program. It saved many people over the years. It's a fantastic mm-hmm. program. But uh, Doc, Dr. John Baker at that time didn't really like it because you know he wanted something that had Christ in the picture. And so I think he wrote up, it was a 13-page, I believe, white paper and gave it to Rick Warren on, on a proposal. And Rick says, Rick Warren looks at him and says, when are you going to start this? And so that's how it, all, that's how it started. It started originally because of, of that, wanting another option aside from AA. But what it's evolved into over time is uh, well beyond that. I mean, working with folks that, you know, that have a, a pain in their life or been dealing with some trauma or dealing with some grief or dealing with these kinds of things and dealing with substance use, as a matter of fact, but uh, just dealing with, you know, the horrible things that have happened to them. And it's just evolved into that. And so, you know, that's why I say right now that over 80 percent of the people that, that are involved in Celebrate Recovery aren't there because of a substance issue. And and when we talk about addictions, uh, there's a wide variety of addictions other than alcohol and so we'll get a lot of people there with uh, with other kinds of addictions as well do you um meet more on like a one-on-one basis is it a group are you meeting at your church are you meeting someplace is it group how how do you visit with these people okay so we our particular uh celebrate recovery here in manhattan at, at um, university christian church we we're at the chapel and so the it's it's set up where we have a a big group in the chapel. What we'll have we'll have a worship service for about thirty minutes, followed by and we'll rotate each week. So one week we'll have a testimony, and someone will give a testimony of you know their condition, their their walk with Christ, working through their stuff, and where they are now. They'll give that testimony. We find those testimonies to be very powerful. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And because uh, a lot of people, even though that person's problems may not be exactly like yours, there might be some aspects of it that are certainly close. And what happens is that, you know, one of the great things about testimonies is they give us hope. Yes. And so we'll rotate between having a testimony one week or having a lesson one week where we'll get up and we'll actually teach a lesson about, hey, here's what it's like about being stuck and being in denial. Because that's where a lot of us are, to be honest with you. Or here's what it's like when we finally learn how to admit. Or here's what it's like. So we'll have lessons. Now, after that lesson, after the worship service, and then we'll have that lesson or testimony time, you take out of that testimony or you take out of that lesson what's valuable to you. And then we go to small group at that time. And we go to small group for another 45 minutes. And men are in one group. 
women are another group, and you were in that small group, you have the freedom of not being judged and being able to say some things. And what we're and what what we're doing there is you're taking out of that lesson or testimony what you learn and how you're going to apply that to you, and we take that into small group for discussion. The one-on-one time happens because we 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 really encourage because I said this earlier that we're not meant to go through life alone. Yeah. You know, I show you show me a lonely person, I'll show you somebody that's miserable. So. It, we're not meant to go through life alone. It, we need to walk with others. In fact, it's biblical that we do that. And one of the things we find is is that when you can start deciding and selecting your own accountability partners there and your own mentor or sponsor, those are the times where you're going to have your one-on-one time. So as you can see, we have different kinds of learning going on. We have big group learning going on. We have small groups where you can be more a little bit more intimate and a little bit more vulnerable and you can learn from that and then we'll have one-on-one time with your accountability partners mentor so there's three different kinds of you know three different levels of learning there. there's three different levels of of, uh, of assistance that's going on there nick you mentioned testimonies being yes. powerful yes you have brought a guest along yes a friend who has a testimony so uh, why don't you introduce us? Okay, I'm going to go ahead and turn this over and introduce you, and I'm just going to start with Donna's here. Donna's been with us for a while, and uh, yeah, I, I'm not going to say anything else about her story because I don't okay. want to ruin it, but I'll just turn it over to Donna. Um, before I came to CR, I was a broken person. I um, There's lots of things that led up to it. You know, there is just things that happened to me personally, and and things that I had done personally, and I was just broken. I was in a mental state that I was like in this hole, and I could not climb out of it. I tried and tried and tried. I did all the right things. I reached out to family. I reached out to friends. I went to counseling, and it just and, and it's all good. All those things are good things to do. And, you know, I encourage people to do that. But it just was not enough for me. I needed something else because the hole I had fallen into was just getting so deep that I could not get myself out of it. So I reached out to a friend and... Um, I met with them and told them what was going on in my life and what was happening to me. And they knew about CR and they encouraged me to go. So I remember go stepping in to this um, or driving into the parking lot and just sitting there trying to get myself to go into that meeting because I was so down. I was just like I had withdrawn from people. I had I couldn't function anymore. That's where I was. I went in there, you know, and everybody was just very welcoming. And and um, I got through the first um, whole group or like the ministry part of it. And it was like something just left me. And I could just feel my body relaxing. And I knew that I had come to the right place. And it took me a long time. I, I went a lot, quite a few weeks before I really didn't say a lot. I just kind of sat in the back of the uh, the church and listened and kind of absorbed everything. And I cried a lot there. And I mean, tears were running down my face. And 
And, um, and I could just feel God there. I could feel him sitting on my shoulder telling me, this is where I needed to be. This is where I was going to get. Um, this is where I was. He, it's like I, it was my Savior. It saved me. I, that's how I feel. I feel like if I wouldn't have come, that I would be in a totally different place than I am right now. So, it helped me be able to get my feelings out and to figure out what my feelings were. I mean, I was so deep down in a hole, I didn't even know what my feelings were. I couldn't tell you why I was like this. I couldn't figure out why am I so depressed? Why am I crying all the time? Why can't I just manage to pull myself together and and go on? But Celebrate Recovery helped me figure that out. I mean, the steps I went through were hard. They were hard. The hardest thing I've ever done in my life was going through those steps. But it was the best thing that I could have ever done for myself. Um, I learned to cope. Uh, my life still is not perfect. I have a lot of things still going on that I can't control because I basically had lost control of a lot of things in my life that were happening. But Celebrate Recovery has taught me that I can't control everything. I cannot control what's going on in my life. But what I can control is how I'm reacting to some of it, and I can let God help me. So that's what it's done for me. I'm in a much better place right now. I am more social again. I'm back to going to church. I'm back to volunteering and doing things and having friends again. And even though I had friends before, and I did, I had friends, but I couldn't talk to them about these things. I couldn't do that. The people I know now, I've, if I'm struggling, I know I can call them or I can send them a text and say, hey, I just need to meet co for coffee. I, I need help today. I just can't get through this day. Can you help me? And they're there. You know, I, I I can relate to this uh, so much. If you're you're talking the, I've been there. Um, you know, when after I lost my son, he had been deceased three days before I found him, and and I, I, I it took me a long time. I was in that hole for many years. Um, I couldn't for. I just couldn't get that out of my mind. I couldn't get the smell of the decomposition out of my head, you know, things like that. But what you said and, and what I went through, we can climb out of that hole. And that's what people have to understand. Don't stay down in that hole. We can we can come out. So yeah. I encourage anybody who is in that place in their life to find a CR meeting and just take that first step because you will not regret it. Are there certain days, times that, that you meet? We meet every Tuesday night at 7 o'clock at the uh, UCC Chapel, which is on Claflin Road right across from Rodinas. But we don't miss. We meet every Tuesday. Uh, you know, life's hurts don't take a break. So we don't take a break either. So we meet with, I mean, it's. I think this next week is Halloween on Tuesday. We're still meeting. So we've met on New Year's. We've met, you know, we just, we've, we don't, that doesn't stop us. So we meet at 7 o'clock. We're usually done by about 8.45 to 9-ish. Time you do large group and then you go to small group. And we have a little fellowship time in there. Fellowship's also important. I left that out earlier. But Do you have a difference in ages? Is it a variety oh, of ages? absolutely. Uh -huh. uh, we have, uh, well, we have, I think from 
middle school and high school students, we have the CR version of, for, for middle and high school students called The Landing. Because guess what? There are middle school and high school students out there dealing with life's hurts and pains. So we have The Landing at the same time. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll be in our uh, group for Celebrate Recovery. We'll be from 18 to, I'm trying to think the oldest person there is in their later 70s maybe. So we have a wide variety. That's but good. that's what makes it so cool. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Is this also for the families of those that are struggling? Absolutely. There's, I mean, totally. Because, you know, we're all, you know, we're all connected. And uh, when you have a family, I mean, you know, you think of that like a, you know, like a system or like a, you know, think of it like a mobile. And if you flick one piece of that mobile, what's it going to do to the rest of the mobile? It's going to make the whole rest of the mobile move. So we all kind of function as a system. So if one person's having some kind of issue in the family, I can I can guarantee you the rest of the family is feeling it in some manner. That's it's affecting everyone. So it's it's really better, I I think that uh, you know the more of your family that can get involved in that. Yeah. I, I know my wife and I have been celebrate recovery for gosh, going on ten years now, and I thought we had a great relationship. But I'll tell you what. The fact that we're both in that together now, that, our relationship is 15 times better than it used to be uh, because of where we put God first. And, you know, and, and just it's, it's the way you prioritize things. Yeah. Uh, lot, that's a, there's a lot to that. There's a lot to having families there. And we do, have, we do see that. We have families there. We have couples that go. So. Donna, I think it takes a tremendous amount of courage to share your story anywhere with anyone. Is, does it empower you? Do you feel like it's something that uh, you need to uh, do to part of your mission, maybe now, to help others and and search their resolution through Celebrate Recovery? Yeah, I do feel that. I feel like probably six months ago, I wouldn't have been able to do this because I wouldn't have been able to do it without crying. But yeah, I feel like now I'm in a place in my life that I feel like I can help other people and you know, that we all have things that are happening to us that, you know, we're hurt. And you don't have to stay that way. There's help for us. There's help for everybody. Yeah, and that's the point of what we wanted to do with these podcasts is to let have conversation, but let community know where they can go, where they can reach help. That There's always someone willing to help you climb out of that hole or to, to fight your demons and, and things like that. Donna, thank you for sharing your story. I think it, I mean, it's just, as, as we've talked about here, the nature of this podcast series is to share stories, and we thank you for, for doing so. Nick, what's the steps for people to take in order to find some help through Celebrate Recovery? Literally, all they have to do is, is just reach out or show up. I mean, we're not going to tell you no. I would, if you showed up at our, on Tuesday nights, we're going to accept you with open arms. You don't even, you don't even have to contact me, just show up. That's how easy that is. And if you want to contact me, uh, you, you can reach out and contact me as well. That's fine too. Uh, we'll include that in our show notes of how somebody could reach out to you. Yeah. Well, thank you both for coming in and joining us. And uh, it's, um, it's, it's, Something that I have not been familiar with, but one of the great things that we do through the work that we have here through the podcast is the uh, opportunity to learn more about organizations that are there to help people struggling with whatever 
that particular issue is. And, and it sounds like, Mick, it's really a broad scope of, of challenges in, that we all face and that many of us face in life. Right. Thank you, Mick and Donna. I appreciate you joining oh, us. Thank you for, letting, for allowing us to be here. We hope you or someone you love will benefit from this series. If you need help, reach out to the many resources that are available and those that are listed in the show notes. The Flint Hills Volunteer Center's Suicide Awareness Pact podcast series is partly funded by the Kansas Department for Aging and Disabilities Services, AmeriCorps Seniors, and the Greater Manhattan Community Foundation. Follow us wherever you get your podcasts and share them with those you know that are seeking help and hope.